You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mission Lab. This is episode 16, and it is I, Sean Brace, who am speaking. Camille is not on the episode, and that means, of course, I have a special guest. And today, yes, is my friend, a person we have referred to a time or two. His name is Steve Harrison, but you go by the name? Pudge. Pudge. And it's not because he's... Large. Large. <laughs> if you go to our Twitter feed, you can see a picture of this very person, Pudge. So, Pudge, thank you for being on our episode today. We referred to you in last week's episode, and I promised that you would be on a future episode, and just our luck, today is the day. Today's the day. And so thank you for being here. So, Pudge, just give a brief um, introduction to our audience. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? All that. I am a man who has journeyed around the world. I grew up in a military family, and uh, I was born in Missouri, moved to Greece three months later, Wow! went from Greece to California, to Panama, to Germany, to Louisiana, back to Germany, and eventually to Arizona. Wow. And eventually to Maine. Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Because you live in Maine now. I do. Yeah. So so you said you were military, in a military family. Military brat. Yeah. Yeah. Military brat. Okay, and so what was that like, being a part of that uh, growing up? You know, you learn a lot about people. Mm-hmm. You Every three years, you, you're almost like a chameleon. Every three years or two years, whatever the time frame is that you move, you learn really quickly how to pick up vibes and, and hmm. you know, feelings of other people and how they feel about you and uh, if they're sincere or not, if they are you know have uh, ulterior motives to wanting a friendship with you. Mm-hmm. And so my brother and I learned very quickly, you know, who we could trust mm. and who we couldn't trust. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, that was one of the most invaluable lessons mm-hmm. uh, from in mm. my childhood. Mm. And somewhere along the way, you said you were born in Missouri. Is that why you're a Rams fan? No, I no. am. A, I am. That's a Ra- right. Yeah, I told you this. I'm a Rams fan because when you're in the military, you have one, a ch- one channel. Back then, it was Armed Forces Network, <laughs> and we got Rams games. We got all California games because they were teams. in LA at that time. Yeah. Yeah. As they are now, and again. New York teams. Yeah. So I grew up loving the yeah. Yankees. Uh, I grew up loving the Rams and oh the Dodgers. Boy. I know, and I have many enemies in the Northeast. <laughs> but you know, I can't. I can't fault them for their own. You know. Uh, poor choices. Yeah, and, and well, unfortunate circumstances. Yes. <laughs> you know, or grow up here, but or fortunate, as uh, the case may be, since right. we we Boston is pretty much you know tinsel town when it comes to championships. But enough of that. Um, so you, we'll we'll fill in some of the gaps here, sure. but just quickly, what do you do right now? I own a financial planning and asset management firm. I am also the founder of a nonprofit called High Elevation Lives Project. And I'm also currently running for city council. That for is Bangor. right. Now, just to clarify, you're not on this show just to promote your candidacy, right? Not as far as you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Pudge has been, uh, you what, about 
three weeks ago, two weeks ago, you put your hat into the race and I did. collected your signatures. My wife and I were uh, two of the the uh, signatories. Is that the right word? Is, yeah. Of uh, of yeah. your your petition, and uh, you're going to be running alongside, not with, but not opposed to either. Yeah. But our friend Ben, a good friend Ben, yeah. 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 So. So uh, Which is great. Two, two of my friends on the ballot, Ben has been a longtime city councilor. Uh, so, Pudge, I wish all the best of luck yeah, to you. thank you. And thank you for being on the show today. We'll close it down now that you've... Uh, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I do want to say, you know, I'm a I'm a happily married uh, man to my lovely wife, Jennifer. Uh, I have two grown daughters, one stepdaughter, mm-hmm. uh, two giant dogs, one uh, smaller dog, <laughs> and uh, my favorite part is my grandson, mm. Oliver. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You also have a nice pool, but we do. that's not why we're friends, Pudge. I want to assure you of that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, so tell us, tell me, Pudge, um, your faith journey. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about that, and it's been kind of a winding road. I alluded it, to it a little bit last week. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, growing up in a military family, we didn't really go to church often. Um, my first real experience with church was in Louisiana when we were there for about two and a half years. Uh, just imagine the most Southern Baptist, uh, small church, you know, the hardwood pews. Mm. Um, there was a pastor there who was a, just a, crazy Terry Bradshaw fan uh, <laughs> because he went to LSU like Terry Bradshaw did. And, you know, church on Sundays, traditionally in a Southern Baptist church, uh, football games are on right after church. And so, I mean, he was banging on the pulpit. And I, I thought for sure if I didn't run down and get saved that day <laughs> and he missed that game, I was going to go to hell. Wow. So, you know, um, <laughs> I, I ran down the front. Uh, but, you know, as I know now, you know, getting saved uh, or understanding that Christ is your Savior is completely different from actual discipleship. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's where my journey started. And then after that, uh, we moved back t- uh, to Germany, never went to church again. Hmm. Um, I didn't go to church again until probably 1993-ish. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. That's quite a long journey. And then yeah. what, what brought you in then? What was the... What was your journey um, like then? I, you know, my wife and I at the time, my first wife and I, um, we we got married because I got her pregnant, and so uh, we weren't married out of loves as much as you know I, I would I would have liked to say. Um, we had two beautiful daughters um, together, so I, I do not regret that one mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, however, being married to someone that you really don't love um, was was hard and. Through the through that through those difficulties, I worked a job uh, where I was working sixty plus hours a week, and you know we started drifting apart. There was you know very little communication, very little intimacy, very little of of a relationship at all, mm-hmm. um, which led me to stray. Okay, mm-hmm. so when I strayed on that relationship, I you know I didn't want to. I you know, I was just. I made it. I made a just terrible mistake. I was not courageous enough to talk to my wife about you know how I was feeling and, and the truth of our relationship, um, and I sure didn't want to hurt my my two daughters. Mm. So we tried to work it out, and that was that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Um, I guess the second time, mm-hmm. and my wife and I at the time started attending uh, Bangor Baptist Church, mm-hmm. which is now I think called Cross Point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know, we, we got involved. Um, we worked with uh, the pastoral staff and, you know, a counselor, and we worked through some of the problems in our marriage, and I thought there was some hope, or at least we thought there was some hope. <clears throat> but, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, we did a lot. I, I ended up being, uh, you know, teaching a, a young married Sunday school class. Uh, I ended up being a missionary to Nepal for a number of years. Um and change from one job to another. Uh, so a lot of things happened in, a, in almost, a, to me, a really short period of time. Um, but through that, that rebuilding process, there was still no intimacy in, in our relationship. Mm. Um, my wife at that time did not like to talk about those things. They were just taboo, mm-hmm. which that, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> really is, which mm. you know, I, maybe we can talk about someday. Um, but the communication about intimacy and about money and about all the things that are involved in a marriage are just so important. Mm. Um, but they were never discussed and I ended up straying, mm. you know, and that right there was, I guess you call the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm. Um, I had a friend of mine at one time tell me I was a bit of an icon because I did so much with the church. I mean, uh, chaired the deacon board, um, was looked up to taught young married, you know, couples and, you know what I realized? You know, I was I was living a lie mm. within myself, mm-hmm. and the one thing I did not have was the courage to speak up and and say, "I'm in trouble. I'm in pain. I'm I hurt. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Uh, I didn't know who to talk to." And I'm I'm right there in the middle of all these people I should be able to talk mm-hmm. to, um, but I was but I was hurt too through the whole process because you know people preach forgiveness and they preach openness and they preach communication but very few actually practice it Mm. and that Mm -hmm. i think that's what hurt me the most and Mm. that was probably 10 years ago Mm. so i haven't haven't really been involved in a church at all since Mm. that point yeah yeah we'll we'll get back to that in a second but um it seems like you've mentioned to me that you know you say there was no forgiveness and in fact there were some people that literally just pulled away from you oh right? yeah quite a few people did yeah yeah um yeah i think and to me that's what really hurt the most yeah um people that i had i had talked to mentored or or you know grew up uh, in that church with mm-hmm. you know from a, i still consider myself as uh when i first started going back to church um that second time, I was still an infant, mm-hmm. you know, in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to church for a long time, but have no maturity whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It it all determines, you know, it's all based on discipleship and how mm-hmm. how well you're discipled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of churches they miss that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if let's say those circumstances happened again, and you could play it all over again. Assuming you can't do what un, you can't undo right. what you did, right. how do you think people could handle it better? Uh, great question. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if I know the answer to that, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I know that we had people who struggled with all all, all sorts of different, you know, um, sins. Whether it was um, you know a sex offender that mm-hmm. we had in our congregation, uh, an alcoholic. Um, someone who uh, abused his wife. Um, you know, th- 
for, it's going to sound strange, but people tend to rank sin. Mm. Um, and the last I knew that sin was not ranked in God's eyes in any way. I mean, sin is sin mm. and that's it. Uh, but the flesh, we seem to rank it, you know? So if you're an alcoholic, well, that's not as bad as mm-hmm. doing this, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you, you broke into someone's house and stole something. Well, that's not as bad as that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how yeah. I would have expected them to handle it. Um, I, I guess I would have liked to have, have been told, you know, we still love you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we're so sorry that, you know, we didn't see this or we weren't, you didn't feel comfortable enough to talk to us. Um, but I don't blame them. I blame me. Mm-hmm. So I, I mm-hmm. take full responsibility. Yeah. So, so some people hear this sort of thing and they say, well, this is just a sinner. You know, quote unquote, trying to justify behavior and say, hey, I just want to get my own way and I want to I want to be able to do what I do and not have any, you know, consequences and so forth. And that's not what you're saying. You're saying just love me. Right. And I'm not I'm not asking to still have all of my prerogatives and all of my, you know, authority or whatever. You're just saying just don't ostracize me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, like I said, I am I am fully to blame. I, mm. Even though I know it takes two to make a marriage struggle, okay, <clears throat> and it takes uh, it, yeah. it was it was I I take I take full fault. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you're you're out of you're you're disconnected from church for a while. What's what? what's the uh, what's your personal spiritual journey from then to now? I mean, was it just kind of you kind of had this Christian worldview, but you didn't practice it or... Yeah, that's about right. I, yeah. You know, God never goes away. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you do have a um, a strong faith or in a strong belief that, you know, God is who he is and, and his son Christ is, is who he is and, and what he did for us... Um, it just doesn't vanish, you know, when you're ostracized or you, or you feel ostracized, you know, whether they think they ostracize me or not, that's, again, that's a different mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I, I've always felt my connection to God um, existed. It didn't, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it wasn't gone. Uh, I had a friend of mine who worked um, in the building next to mine when I was downtown working for a while. Uh, his name was Mike Elliott. And he said to me, he had heard a message. Um, I don't know if it was Charles Stanley or who it was, uh, but that name comes to mind mm-hmm. that said, you know, God never had a plan B. Mm. He only had plan A. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me uh, a great deal because I thought, well, God's plans, God's, our lives um, are God's divine path to mm-hmm. wherever he wants to take us. Mm. Yes. Do we, you know, because of free will, we make the choices we make. He doesn't like our choices, but he doesn't abandon us because of them. Mm-hmm. And so that that really that mm. stuck with me. Resonated and, uh, with you, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, just kind of uh, jumping forward a little bit here. Sure. Back in I don't know when it was. Maybe how long ago did you and I meet? Maybe probably the spring, sometime April, April, May. Yeah. Yeah. So how did how did we meet, Pudge? How did that all? The transpire? unfortunate circumstances meeting Sean Brace. <laughs> A book in itself. A book in itself. Yeah. No, um, <clears throat> I was. I was. You know what? It was actually in. Had to be April, March, April, okay. because I was in the process of starting the 
new nonprofit. Yeah. You know, setting, getting that set up. Mm -hmm. And so Jonathan Bench, who mm -hmm. is a friend of ours um, and a very talented attorney and amongst other things, mm -hmm. um, he decided to, I asked him if he'd come over to the office and, and, you know, we could discuss, you know, getting this set up. Um, we talked about that. And when he gave me the price, it was a bit of a sticker shock for me. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I said, no, I need to think about that. You know, this is a nonprofit. It has no money. Uh, uh -huh. so I need to figure that out. And uh, sure enough, uh, we started talking about, you know, why I was doing this and, and, uh, I explained to him why I was setting up this nonprofit and its purpose. And, and we talked about our faith a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, him being LDS and my, my wife's family being LDS, you know, there's some commonalities and, mm -hmm. and, uh, I understood, I understand their faith, you know, some, so he mentioned the book club and, I, I, I'm a, I'm the kind of guy, I'm pretty, I'm very optimistic, as you know. Mm. Uh, I don't think things happen by chance. Mm. I think mm -hmm. they're, I, th I think it's really God leading us the way. Um, and we recognize it when we allow, when we allow ourselves to recognize it. Mm -hmm. um, so I jumped at the chance to attend a book club, which you were part of. So. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, when you came in, I kind of described last week. Um, you you shared that you were Christian, but not uh, you know religious per se, or involved with organized church and right. so forth. Um, and you know what was it about our group that resonated with you, our book club, and and how you know very early on it definitely seemed as though you felt included and embraced and. Yeah, I, I felt welcomed. Um, mm. I, <clears throat> when you say you're a Christian, but you're not affiliated with any particular denomination, uh, people kind of, you know, it's, <laughs> I think they look at you and think, "Well, what are you?" Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, "What political party do you?" You know, are you, what if you don't believe in any political party? Yeah. Like, well, what are you? Yeah. You know, and uh, as I've said to you before, I said I think too many of us we this we. Uh, describe ourselves as our denomination and less as a Christian. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there was, there wasn't a bunch of, of denominations in the Bible, mm. you know, but there were certainly Christians, you mm. know, born again believers. Um, but I did, I felt very, very welcome. Um, mm. And I, I mean, it just, there was a camaraderie right mm. away. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I didn't say too much. I think the first few book club meetings, mm -hmm. but I listened a lot. Because I wanted to understand what the dynamic of the group was, uh, I was interested in, in reading and learning, uh, depending on the topic you guys mm. were choosing for books. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So then, uh, not long after, I remember getting a text from you saying, "Hey, my wife and I want to talk to you about your church." Yeah. Um, w you know what what prompted that? How did we get from you? Because I very distinctly remember you saying, because it stood out to me, you know, I'm not going to be a part of any denomination or any church i'm just a, a christian mm -hmm. so when you texted me that i said oh this is you know well i think it was after we went running and i was asking mm -hmm. you questions about you know seventh day adventists and really what your doctrine was mm -hmm. you know your philosophy on on you know the word of god was and you know that i think your explanation of that uh it, it kind of sang to me it's mm -hmm. you know it said something to my heart um I'd never known a Seventh Day Adventist, so I, you know, <laughs> I never knew what, you know, what your denomination or what your what your 
know, outlook of faith was. Mm-hmm. And but I like to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. um, you know, I've always been searching, but I really like the idea of the missional community. I mean, when we started talking about the missional communities mm-hmm. and the smaller home, you know, kind of church mm-hmm. uh, setting, that really stuck with me because for a long time, even well before you know uh, this us me starting with the book club. I've always believed that it was really the it's a much better way to to mm. you know spread the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you go to big churches and there's 600 700 people um you get lost in that. Mm. Too yeah. easy. Yeah. And um you just you can get too overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, and so you you attended one of our missional community gatherings we, we yeah, and you and your wife did uh, what was that like for you? Was it? Oh, it was great. I loved it. I had such a. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, my wife did too, and, and she's someone I'm working on. Um, you know, and her faith is having been LDS, um, but not practicing for a long time. Yeah. Um, but she's her heart's there. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, absolutely. You know, but yeah. But that's something that we talk about. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously since then our scheduling has been a little chaotic with mm-hmm. the yeah, okay. missional community gatherings, but that's all right. Um, so yeah, so so just overall you felt like you belong, like you are valued. And- well, I think part of it, Sean, is when I shared my story with you and Cam uh, at lunch when we were the book club, but it was just mm-hmm. the three of us. Uh, when I shared that story after reading the book, you know, mm-hmm. after going through that that Power of the Others book, um, talking about vulnerability and talking about judgment, you know, telling you my story and telling anybody my story, you know, it opens me up to that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm comfortable sharing my story. I mean, I'll always regret my decision making. Mm-hmm. I'll always have remorse in my heart for the people that I hurt. You know, my ex-wife, my daughters. You know, it took a lot of time to rebuild those relationships. Mm. Um, some I'll never rebuild. Because they don't want they don't want to be rebuilt. They mm-hmm. just, people just want to move on and to, and forget about it. Um, but when I didn't feel judged, mm. you know that mm. that meant a lot. Mm. It really meant a lot to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. That goes right back like we were talking about in our last episode last week. You know, the power of story and just hearing one another's story and being free to be who we are without judgment. Right, and that's that's really so powerful. It's the way Christ interacts with us isn't it you know when when i before i got remarried um i told jen i said this is the way i want to live my life in 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 my married life is with complete transparency with Mm -hmm. complete honesty Mm -hmm. this is there's no more there's no more walls there's no more closets there's nowhere to to tuck things Mm -hmm. and that has been the best best um, just life I've I, I could I could ever describe. Mm. When I say I'm living the dream, it's not because I do well financially or I I have a you know have a nice house. It's clean. It's I mean small, <laughs> but it's a nice house. It's a nice house. But you know what? Um, I have a wonderful life. Mm. I have two wonderful daughters. I have a great stepdaughter. A fantastic wife. Um, I have great friends, and I don't I sleep great at night because there's no secrets. Mm-hmm. There will never be any more secrets. Mm, yeah, that's great. And that's what we want to create in a, a church family and environment. And unfortunately, it's not it's, it's not hard. been like that. Yeah, you have to, you kind of have to put on a show. You have to be, you put on a mask so you can impress people. And well, I think that's make, part of the problem with 
church. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so for sure, that's what we're trying to do, you know, with our mission and our missional communities and discipleship is be who you are without judgment. Now, some people hear that and say, oh, my goodness, that means, you know, a sinner is going to always be a sinner. It's like, well, first of all, we always will be sinners. That doesn't mean we always have to sin, but we always have we always will be sinners. Um, But second of all, you and I can never grow. You and I am speaking in general until we feel safe and feel embraced despite our our problems. It's only then that we can paradoxically be courageous enough to be who God wants us to be ultimately. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're winding down here, but um and I see the music coming. I told you this was gonna happen, Pudge. That's why I was trying to pull it. Keep pulling it. <laughs> but we're just gonna fight through the music. Um you're not gonna hear it. I'm gonna hear it in my headphones. Um Future, you you talked to me last week about you know you feel a burden to do like kind of discipleship and what what I you know we've been doing um, when it comes to discipling other people and you know being heavily involved in missional communities and so forth. Right. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, that I think vision. it's yeah you know, when you when you start have a small group setting, um, you take away the potential of a greater judgment. Mm. And you know, with too many people, Sean, it's again you, when you talked about your introverts and extroverts. You know, introverts especially, it, with even extroverts, but introverts, they have a hard time opening up. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And to a larger group, who do they share with? They don't know. Yeah. You know? But when they get a chance to hear people and be engaged in a conversation about faith and maybe a faith they don't understand at all, mm-hmm. then they have an opportunity to to learn and. That, you know, Ellie said it in, in that podcast you did with her. Mm. You know, she wanted to be up front and she wanted to engage. And that's that's the truth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in a large church or a large setting, it's it's just hard to do. Because at the end, when you want to go ask someone a question, maybe the pastor or leader, mm. they're too busy shaking hands or being invited <laughs> to lunch or, yeah. or being pulled in 10 different directions. And you know what? You don't seem that important yeah. in a small yeah. group. You do seem important, yeah. And yeah. whether, no matter who you are, feeling valued, mm. mm-hmm. you know what? I think God wants each one of us to be valued. Mm. He wants each one because we all have a gift of some sort to touch or, or reach someone else. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so you were even saying last week that you feel like you have this pull to you know be around others more who are. Going in that direction, and yeah, yeah, because I mean, you can't live two lives. You, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you, it, it's a lie. You yeah. can't, you can't live a lie. Yeah, you know, and you have to sever yourself from relationships, not completely, but from the parts of the relationship that you know will, you know, mm-hmm. pull you in a direction yeah. that counteract what God's trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. But still, like you say, you know, recognize that there's missional opportunities for discipleship and nurture yeah. yeah yeah because i told you you know how often does this happen you see someone you haven't seen in a long time you went to church with them you see them in a place where you never expected to see them mm-hmm. um and you start talking to them about you know church and where they're at now and how their family is and they tell you well we left it because it was too big and now they went to a smaller church and and they're the perfect candidate because they're looking. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. just because they're at a smaller church doesn't mean that's where they're you know mm-hmm. going to land eventually. Yeah. But 
you know they're searching. They're searching for something because there's no connectivity in the big church, the megala church. But there's connectivity when there's five, six, seven people. Mm-hmm. You know what? And that book we read. Yeah. Know, connectivity is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So as we close here, we're running up. We're really running uh, against the clock here. No, no, no. No worries. Um, just kind of maybe throw your curveball here because what and I'm just antis- I anticipate some of the questions I can hear people asking. Okay. This is great connectivity and community. But as you and I were talking about yesterday, does that mean that? You know, it doesn't matter what they believe. Hey, as long as they're a part of a nice, inclusive community, um, they can believe whatever they want about anything they want. I mean, on the one hand, we say yes, but on the other hand, we also, you know, we want to lead them into an understanding of God that can be transformative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be guarded because mm-hmm. if you if you're too open about, you know, yeah, yeah, it's okay if you believe that, and it's okay if you, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't. You can't do that. I mean, that's you. You leave the the people that you're sharing your missional community with. You leave them open for vulnerabilities that you may not expect. Mm. And mm-hmm. so you you the people have to live um, in a in a way that exemplifies what mm. you know, God taught us and how Christ yeah. lived. Yeah. And so that's to me that should be the narrative. That should be yeah. the the hallway that we all strive to live in mm-hmm. as we you know as we walk through life. Yeah. Cool. Well, Pudge, thank you so much for being uh, on welcome. here. My pleasure. And uh, it was such a blast. We'll have you on again soon, I'm sure. No. And uh, <laughs> so go Patriots. We're recording our episode on the go day Rams. of the first day of the regular season, Thursday, uh, September 7th. Um, so thank you for being on here. And thanks, we'll Sean. see you again soon on this, uh, this podcast, I'm sure. So thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.